297. 297.
I'm glad he did today. I'm glad the Lord touched me. You know, he's still touching. Ain't nothing wrong with God touching your heart. I'm going to tell you that right now. Touch your mind, touch your body. We all want to touch from God, do we not? I mean, I'll just be honest with you. A day without feeling his presence is a lonely day. And uh, I like to feel his presence. Do remember, again, as we said, all those on our prayer request. Um, we do have a praise item, Doug Calvert's son. This is a guy that Zach works with. His son got to go home. And so we praise the Lord for that, but continue to remember him in prayer. Glad Sister Donna Arnold is feeling well with back with us this morning. I uh, do remember uh, Everly and, and Kaylee. Uh, they've had the stomach bug, but they're over it, but they're still having some side effects, I guess we'd call it. And so they're not able to be with us this morning, so remember them. Uh, continue to pray for Sister Kay and Brother Danny and their family. Also, Brother Danny and Sister Kenya uh, are not feeling well. They think they may have the stomach virus. And I'm going to tell you something, church. I don't know where it's coming from, but I sure wish it would go back. It's too many folks has been getting it. And so, but do remember them. Remember Darren this morning. Uh, continue to lift him up in prayers as he's still in the hospital. He's still on the ventilator, uh, having issues there. Uh, so lift him up in prayers today. And uh, I'm thinking that's all the specials that's come about. Uh, but do remember that. And Sister Aggie Freeman's family, remember her, her sister passed away. And so do uh, remember that this week. Any others this morning? Pray for them. Anybody else? Unspoken. Stand with us this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer for us to come forth today. Dear Lord, today we thank you, precious Father. We love you, Lord. We just give you praise for all your glory and honor, dear God, that you're deserving of. And Lord, we ask you this morning that you would draw us close to thee. Draw us close one to another. Father, I pray today, help us, dear God, uh, just allow your will to be done in our lives. Lord, I pray, Father, this morning that you allow your spirit to move freely amongst us, dear God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to draw close to thee and one to another. Father, touching the needs as only you know how. Bless the offering, dear God, we pray today, according to your will, plan, and purpose, dear Father, we pray. We just ask you, Lord, these things in Christ's name, and amen.
You may be seated. We're going to do page 52. All the glory did roll.
Lord always keeps us till the storm passes by, but then he's still there after it's gone by. You know, he doesn't just come at the rough times. He's there in the good times. He's there in the bad times. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you go with us to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17? 1 Samuel chapter 17. And then if you would stand with us this morning as we read just a few verses of scripture here. We're going to start in verse 32 and we'll read down a few. I want you to think about this thought this morning, the thief versus the shepherd. That's something to think about when we think about our lives. The thief versus the shepherd. In verse 32, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart Fail him, fail because of him, talking about Goliath. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. <clears throat> and when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard, and I smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing that he hath defiled the armies of the living God. Father, this morning I thank you for your love, and I ask you, dear God, to help us today in thy word. Give us that which we're in need of, Father, today I pray. In Jesus' precious, holy, blessed, beloved, righteous name, and amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. The thief. Versus the shepherd. You and I are living in a life when the thief we know, the Bible tells us who he is, is doing his dead level best to try to steal, kill, and to destroy. I want to share a few things with you this morning, if you would bear with us on this thought. David said that no man's heart fell because of him talking about Goliath. Goliath was just a symbol of the enemy that you and I face today. And, and if you look at this, he also said going down there that he caught both the lion and the bear. Now this is not the lion of Judah that David is talking about. This is the roaring lion uh, that, that the Bible tells us over in Peter. Satan like a roaring lion seeketh whom he made about. He's not the real lion, he's just a pretend the bear, I thought about this. What does the bear represent? And, and you know, uh, you can kind of look around there. The bear is those that participate with the devil. He's just another part of those that are enemies against the flock of God. David was a shepherd by trade when we look at this. And when he became king over Israel, he was still a shepherd. 
we think about David only as the king instead of as a shepherd. But do you realize the job of a king is to shepherd the people? He's supposed to be leading them in the right way. He's supposed to be directing them according to the pathway that God would have him. If you think about what Samuel or Solomon was, when Solomon asked God, uh, for the wisdom to guide the people of Israel right. Uh, instead of for riches, God told him that he would bless him with both wisdom and riches. Uh, there wouldn't be nobody else. Solomon started out uh, like a shepherd there. Uh, he was doing what he was supposed to be doing, but got sidetracked by his riches. And in the end, we know what Solomon said, uh, all is vain uh, except the Lord. Uh, everything outside of Jesus, everything outside of God uh, is nothing more than vanity. Uh, life is vanity without the Lord. And so when we look at David this morning, uh, we're finding here that David uh, was supposed to be a shepherd not only to the sheep that he had uh, at his father Jesse's house, uh, but as time now in the 16th chapter, David is anointed uh, uh, to be king. He's brought to the, uh, uh, he's going to be brought into the house of Saul uh, to play the harp to minister unto Saul when the evil spirit uh, that God gave him because he disobeyed the word of God, uh, he rejected the word of God, that uh, would be soothed, uh, not because uh, uh, Saul was anything, but because David was something. Uh, David David was a child of God. David was a man of God. David, the Bible says, was an apple of God's eye. He was after God's own heart. He pursued God. He wasn't perfect, but church, can I tell you this morning, how David understood who he was, and when he messed up, he confessed up so he could get up and be ready to go up. And I'm just telling you and I, this morning, we got to be uh, that way there. Uh, so David was a shepherd. He's an example of who Jesus Christ is. If you jump over to the book of John chapter 10 this morning, let me read there uh, some very familiar scripture to you and, and just understand I'm going to talk about the thief uh, versus the shepherd there. Uh, so the Bible tells us in John 10 and verse 10, uh, the thief cometh not. Now look there, uh, but for to steal, uh, to kill, and to destroy. Uh, what happened to, her, to, the, to the flock there when the lion came? Well, he came and the bear came and they stole a sheep. They took what was not theirs. They come after what they would say they're predators. The devil, he's a predator. Uh, he's always looking for prey. He's looking for somebody uh, that he can uh, come up against and devour. And I'll, I'll show you that again here in just a minute in the word of God there. How about look at what he said. The thief cometh not but for to steal, uh, to kill. He wanted to kill uh, that sheep there. He wanted to, uh, the bear and the lion both was set out uh, to steal something that was not theirs and also to kill it. And I got to thinking a little bit, well, how in the world uh, do we look at this one sheep uh, uh, being part of the problem uh, of uh, killing or stealing, rather killing and destroying there? How uh, can I tell you this this morning, uh, that we have this issue there, uh, that if the devil comes and he uh, steals from us, uh, he kills uh, part of us, uh, the next thing he desires is to destroy. And what he's going to try to destroy is the shepherd's ability uh, to guard the flock, or he's going to try to destroy the flock's ability to hope that there's any safety left. Uh, he's doing his best to destroy uh, the unity of the church and of the believers, uh, the unity and the fellowship that believers have with God. Uh, 
He wants to destroy our relationship. Uh, friend, let me tell you something this morning. Uh, the thief has set out today uh, to do exactly what he's trying to do. And I'm here to tell you this morning, uh, the thief has a problem. He's coming up against the shepherd, and the shepherd's greater than the thief every day of the week. He's more powerful than the thief every day of the week. When you think about what David did, he looked at the lion, and he looked at the bear, and he says, hey, there's a problem here. And it ain't the lion, and it ain't the bear. The problem is that they've got one of my sheep. Uh, that's the problem there. I think I'll go get that. You know, it's kind of one of those deals there. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus uh, said uh, that they would leave the 90 and 9 and go after the one that was lost. Uh, he, he said there's a problem uh, when the thief has got a hold of one of the sheep. i got to go take care of that. And so David takes off down the road, down the through the field. I don't know where he's headed out, but somewhere he knows that the lion's got a, a sheep and the bear's got a sheep, and so he's going to go do something about it. What do we know about David? When he went up against Goliath, David had a staff in one hand. He had a sling in the other hand, and the Bible says that he had a scrip. He had a purse. He had a pouch on the side there. I think it had more than just stones in it. I can't prove it, but I'm thinking it probably had some word of God somewhere in there, something tucked away way in there uh, that reminded David who he was and, and so David he goes down there and I thought about the staff and Jesus in the in the book of Psalms the 23rd chapter there uh, David said uh, the, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters uh, uh, look at that uh, with his staff and his rod they, they comfort me I'm telling you there's protection there the staff uh, was not always used uh, friend, just to get up the slope, a uh, slope of a hill there. Uh, sometimes it had to uh, prod the sheep back in there. Uh, sometimes uh, it, it had to uh, push it back the right way there. And I thought about this though too. Uh, sometimes the staff was used as a weapon of warfare uh, to defend off the enemy. Uh, David had a staff for a purpose there. Jesus has a staff for a purpose, and we find that Jesus is the Bible says the good shepherd. If you read on down there a little bit further there. Uh, why we know the thief cometh uh, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said this. He said, I am the good shepherd. Excuse me. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life uh, for the sheep. Uh, can I tell you something else there? Uh, Jesus tells us uh, that he come that he might give us life uh, more abundantly. Uh, so that he's the good shepherd. Uh, he giveth his life for the sheep. Uh, he set out not to steal, to kill, and destroy, uh, but he set out to redeem. Think about that one just a second. He ain't stealing nothing. He's redeeming something. He didn't set out to kill. He set out to give life. A church, that's a big difference between the thief uh, and, the, and the shepherd. And then he said there, he did not set out to destroy, uh, but rather to divide. What was he going to divide? Uh, the righteous from the unrighteous. So he is going to, uh, he's going to give uh, redemption. He's going to give life. And then he's also going to do something else, church. Between us and God. Uh, friend, do we know that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ uh, because of what he done for you and I on Calvary's cross this morning? Uh, so he's the good shepherd. Uh, but let me just say something to you today. Uh, we won't get excited about this. We won't even worry about this. This won't do nothing to us. Uh, because why? It's no more than just words anymore. It's just 
something we talk about. Uh, nobody gets excited about what Jesus will do for them today. I, I mean, just tell you the honest truth there, church. Uh, it seems like it's hard to get any kind of uh, emotional uh, uh, stirring in the heart today because the spirit uh, seems to be slumbering in the souls today. Uh, there used to be a time when you could talk about the shepherds and people would be excited about it. I mean, they was, there was happiness in there. You could see joy on their faces. You could see joy in their heart. Can I tell you this morning that there ought to be a reflection of God in you and I uh, today if Jesus Christ is present there. Hey, a smile doesn't hurt nobody. And I'll tell you something else this morning, church. That smile can rub off and make somebody else smile. And then maybe make somebody say, you know what? Uh, today's not as bad as I thought it was. Uh, why? Because that brother over there is smiling. Uh, that sister over there is smiling. And just because they're smiling, shepherd the thief is stealing from us the thief is killing us and the thief is destroying us not because he can but because we let him there is a difference church there's a difference look at what he said over in Galatians chapter 5 what does the thief want to take necessarily from the child of God? Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. It said, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Can I tell you this morning? That the devil hates love of God. Now, love of the world, he has no problem with. He, he wants you to love the world. He wants you to love the things of the world. He wants you to love the people of the world. But he does not want you to love God. He does not want you to love the things of God. And he does not want you to love the people of God. He, he just don't want that. And, and listen to this. When you got the love of God shed abroad in your heart, you got something else. You've got joy. What's going on, church? Where's our joy? Did it disappear with the lackluster of our love? Did we forget about the love of God? See, the thief hates you, but the shepherd loves you. That's why the shepherd goes out with a staff and he goes out with a sling and he goes out and he fights not you but the lion and the bear. Now, now I'm going to be honest with you for a second. He might have got that sheep, that, that lion and the bear might have got that sheep because that sheep got outside of the protected area. He wasn't where the rest of the sheep were. He, he wandered off. He thought there was greener pastures somewhere else. There was a new flavor of clover over here. Or maybe the water was a little clearer somewhere else down the creek bank there. Uh, um, I don't know how come the sheep was to get off, but let me just say this. The other sheep didn't get caught up. Why? Because they were under the protective watch of the shepherd. The shepherd realized something was going on. I don't 
it. But I just think about what Peter said. The devil has a roaring lion. Uh, friend, when the, when the lion gets his prey, he makes a roar. He, he's, he's sounding off the trumpet. He's doing something. You know, there's something going on there. And I'm just telling you, somehow, some way, the shepherd realized uh, that, that, that the lion had got one, and he went after it. The devil don't come after you unless you're going with the shepherd. But the shepherd will come after you when the devil snatches you. Why, why do I preach? Because the devil has some folks snatched. And God chose me to tell you that he's the good shepherd. And he loves you. He gave his life for you. Why? Because he wants you to have joy. He wants you to have peace. My Bible says that it's a peace that passes understanding. Nobody understands why. How can you have peace? I, I was at the house this morning, and, and we were getting ready for church, and, and the God dealing with me that this message is odd, and, and it, I, excuse me, I, I'd already had something else I thought, and God began to deal with me on this here, and I, and, and as I was actually doing another thing, and and, and, and I thought, Lord, uh, I'm not, I got that one. He said, but listen. He said, listen. And I listened. You know what was going on in my house this morning? The enemy was trying to take peace. Brian, Zach getting up. They've been trying their best to get up and get, get out of the house. Not very far behind us. It's not ahead of us. It's not with us. They, they've been trying to, and, and Mariah, bless her heart, she, she's, I mean, tell you, she's as plump as plump can be. She's ready to go at any moment of time, and she's trying her best to help get them girls around there, and Everly has what we call a blowout, and if you know what that means, it's not good. And so Mariah's in the floor. She's brokenhearted. She's defeated there. Uh, she's struggling in Everly. She's having problems herself, too, and I'm just telling you, it's rough there, and I'm just telling you, the peace was gone in the house. She's getting frustrated. She's getting disappointed. She's having a hard time, and, I, and all the time, the devil's sitting there going, hey, I got this one. Look out. It's coming on. I'm sitting in the back. I'm listening to what's going on, and I just start praying that God would send peace in the house, that God would just come down here and comfort and, and help me to go out there and say something to her. And I just did. I, I come out and I said, listen, just real softly with a, with a daddy voice, a love voice. I said, you guys just stay here in the house just a moment. I said, turn on some good encouraging gospel music. I said, and when the message time and church starts, I said, put them to work. On the way out the door, I told Zach, I said, lead them in worship today. honest with you, church, it feels a little heavy, but I thought, you know what, I'm not going to give in to the heaviness instead. I'm just going to go ahead and serve God. I'm going to just love the Lord, and it's just like I said, you know what, he touched me. I'm glad he touched me. I'm glad he's still touching me. I'm glad 
done. He'll be there to meet the shepherd. He's not the thief. God is long-suffering. And he wants us to be long-suffering. What's long-suffering? It means we are patient in the fight. You don't think God's fighting for our souls? Oh, he is, church. He is. He wants us to be long-suffering while we fight for souls. While we fight in prayer, by the way, we got to pray more. this next week and when you come back to church I guarantee you'll have a different kind of service you'll feel different you'll look different you'll act different why you can't help but be different when you've been spending time during the day with the Lord when you, when you finally realize that you can't stand up all, uh, upright all the time there's sometimes you've got to get down on your knees there's sometimes you gotta let your hands to take away your long suffering he wants to take away your gentleness there's no kindness in the world today can I, can I can be honest with you right people run you over several weeks back I was I was driving down here doing my normal 78 miles an hour I mean three overs not bad I mean come on we live with that right the state trooper ain't gonna pull you over I'm running 78, and the preacher starts preaching about obedience, and oh, I fall under conviction. Ever since then, I've run one mile an hour over, and that's because my truck seems to measure one under. So I run 77, 76 in the 75, 66 in the 65, 56 in the 50, and, and I may be wrong on that, but God ain't told me I was wrong that that. I just kind of adjust that there. And people will come up on the backside of me, and I'm, I can be passing folks, and they act like I'm doing nothing. But you know what I do? I get out of their way patiently. What do you mean, Brother Ernie? I'm long suffering. I just let them ride there, and I patiently wait. I take my time usually. Why do you do that? be a frustration, it'd be a devastation. Right? But can I tell you, we, we, we don't have gentleness no more. We're losing goodness and we're lacking in faith. 
We, we, we just don't believe God cares anymore. Or people don't believe God's coming back anymore. And, and I'm just telling you this this morning. I, I was thinking about this or something else that happened to us uh, uh, yesterday. We stopped in Sam's and we talked to uh, Sister Georgie Gabbard there. And, and we'd seen them in a revival. Uh, uh, they sung one night in revival. Uh, we watched on Facebook at Greenland Free Will Baptist Church. And, and we was watching them. And I seen her there. And I hey, said, hey, Sister Georgie, said, loved your song. And that brought up the conversation. Brother Mike is nearly blind. In order for him to read with a magnifying glass, he has to print off his scriptures and stuff on paper with a Sharpie font. And even then, he has a hard time. But he's pastoring a church. I mean, he's giving it all to God. She said, she said a few weeks ago, we had a man saved. She said, last week we had a woman saved. She said, do you know Brother, Brother Mike Smith? I said, yeah, I know Brother Mark. He, he's been going to church with me while Sister Janet. And they've been going to church, and some things happened, and it pushed them out, and, and they, they got out away, and, and they went there. She goes, well, he's come back, and he's been dedicating his life. He's on fire for God. He's teaching the Sunday school. And I'm just telling you, when we were standing there, I was saying, praise God. And I was so glad. I, sh I should have just went ahead and going down unless we pull the plug. We just got to get back to faith. I, I thought it was interesting that God put faith down here as the seventh thing. I, I listed these off according to the scripture. Faith is the seventh thing. And the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can't have a right relationship until you have faith. And the Bible says the just shall live by faith. It says we walk by faith and not by sight. Can I tell you the problem with the church today is we walk by sight instead of by faith. And we see whatever. I, I, let, me, let, me, let me give you something else to think about this morning, church. I don't know what we're going to do about it. Brother Mike uh, had talked to me about it later on. I went over to our room this morning to put in the to put our, our lunch in the refrigerator there. And when I walked into the room there, I just, there's a great big gaping hole. And it all fell down on top of our bed. I forgot to tell you that, Mom. Good news was, I wasn't sleeping there when it fell. But right there, I mean, it, that, that tile was all wet and it just fell down. We got a leak there somewhere. It fell down and landed on the bed. And, and you know what? I could have I could have just threw my hands in the air. I could have said, Lord, I don't understand this. Why? Why did I just kind of looked up at the hole for a few minutes there and I thought, well, I don't see nothing draining now. So I cleaned off the bed. I pushed the bed out of the way there. And, and we'll have to clean it up and get it dried up and stuff like that. But can I just tell you this? The devil will do everything he can to discourage you before you get up to preach about the shepherd. Why? Because he's a thief. And he don't want you to talk about him in a negative way. He instead, 
he wants me to say, well, you know what? I woke up this morning and the devil, he took all the joy out of the house. The devil made the ride down here miserable. The devil, he, he was over there and he messed up my bed and got everything messed up there. And I got here this morning and felt like a heavy spirit. Uh, the devil just did it. And I'm just here to tell you, the devil is nothing more than a thief. But God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is the shepherd. And if you can't tell, I got life because of the shepherd. He giveth his life for the sheep. Then, then I thought about, well, Lord, why did you make meekness? Number eight. I, I mean, you just think about these things. Everybody likes love. Everybody likes joy. We're going to talk about those first. But you've got to read a little further down there. Meekness. It's kind of like this. Meekness is softness. You know what happens when you've got a hard heart? be no peace, there ain't going to be joy, and there ain't going to be no love. Because you ain't soft in Jesus. Now Jesus was tough. But yet Jesus was soft. He, he let the little children come unto him. He said, suffer the little children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven. And what does a child have but a soft heart? You can break a child's heart like that, and you can win it back just like that. It's one of those things that when you got meekness, you realize who you are, and you understand who he is. You're soft, and you hear the voice of the shepherd calling, and I'm going to say this this morning. Softness does not mean you're mushy. It means you're compassionate. And there ain't nobody and then that last one, temperance. I looked that one up too. I, I, I read everything that it had to say about it for a little bit, and then I got to thinking about this. What, what it's really saying is temperance means you got self-control. Can I tell you, you're the one and I'm the one to determine how much we pay attention to God. We're the ones who spend, determine how much time we'll spend in the Word of God. And, and, and I'll just be honest with you. It was another one of those weeks there whenever the screen thing popped up and told me how long I'd spent uh, studying this week. It was one of those things that I said, Lord, that's just not good enough. I'm ashamed of myself. I've listened to preaching. I, I've listened to singing. I've done prayer. It took me a long time to go to sleep last night. And, and, and you know, it's been one of those deals there. But other than heights, I prayed last night. I spent a lot of time in the room just, just playing some music and singing some songs just between me and the Lord. And, and, and I, I, I'm not very good at any of it, but I, but I just love the time that I've spent there in fellowship singing with, the, with God. And, and I love that. But, but the time that I spent in the Word wasn't good enough. But you know what? If we don't pick up our Bible for a day or two, we don't have no shame. 
And you know what we do? We blame everything in life for the reason why. You know why? We've got no self-control. I was distracted by the ball game. I was distracted by the kids. I was distracted by the lawn work. I, I was distracted by the back of my eyelids. I was distracted by my friends. I, I was distracted by my car. I was distracted by my boat. I, I was distracted. You get the point where I'm saying I, I, I. The problem is, is I. It's not God. It's me. And when we allow ourselves to be so distracted that we spend no time in prayer and no time in the word of God, we get what we deserve. Instead of what God wants to give, I cannot get past the scripture. It's been brought to my attention by other things this week, but I can't get past the scripture there and, and that the Bible says that God said, if we will try him and prove him, he will open to us the windows of heaven and pour us out such a blessing as we have not room enough to receive it. Hey, church, can I tell you, in other words, there's so much there. We couldn't even find a place to fit it in. But we don't live like that. We've allowed the thief to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he does, church. That's all he's good for. Jesus said, but I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Peace I give you, not as the world giveth, but peace which passeth all understanding. I am come that your joy might be full. Hey, think about this. The Bible says that God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repent. And there ain't nobody got goodness like God. There ain't nobody got gentleness like God. But can I tell you something else? There ain't nobody got wrath like God. As mad as I could get, it wouldn't be nothing compared to what God gets when he gets mad. You think about the folks that are swallowed up of the world, the earth, opened up, foolish, thousands gone. And the only reason you and I are still here today is because there ain't nobody got temperance like God. He's got self-control beyond our imagination. But these are the things he wants us to have. But the devil, we'll close with these two verses of scripture. And I, I want you to think about something this morning, church. Right now, the devil does not want you to think there's anything wrong. He doesn't want you to think that there's anything you can do about it. He doesn't want you to think that anything will change. I, I mean, he just he, he wants you to think that, that everything will stay the way that it is. And, and, and he doesn't, I mean, he don't want you to pray. He don't want you to read your Bible. He wants you to think I've preached too long, been too loud, and don't make any sense. But look what the Bible says about him. Matthew chapter 13, verse 18. 
Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, that's the word of God, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart, this is he that received the word by the wayside. Now think about this. Who, who, who is the one who tries or does come through? The Bible says the, the wicked one. He's the thief again. If you go over to the book of Mark in the fourth chapter. Mark chapter 4. Verse 13. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then shall, how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown. In their hearts. The devil does not want you to hear the word. And if you hear the word, he doesn't want you to receive it. If you receive the word, he doesn't want you to keep it. Why? Because if you keep the word, it will change you. And you'll realize he's the thief and Jesus is the shepherd. And the shepherd always wins over the thief. Because he's the good shepherd. Church, we stand in the area of decision. Joshua told his people, choose you this day whom you will serve. We got to choose what we're going to do. And now I'm not saying that if you make a choice today that, that you won't have to make it again tomorrow. I'm just going to tell you today you got to make a choice. Are you going to be on the side of right? On the side of righteousness? On the side of holiness? Are you going to stand with Jesus? Are you going to hang on to the good shepherd? Or are you going to let the thief steal, kill, and destroy? You've got loved ones. You've got friends that are lost. They don't care. They're not convinced. They're not willing to change. Does it bother you? Can you convince them by the way you're living? Can you convince them by your actions? Because I'm telling you something else, and, and this is something that's very clear. The Bible says they do draw nigh to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. People see who you are. And I'm going to tell you something else, church. I want you to understand this clearly. Who you are is not who you are right here in this service today. Who you are is who you are when you're outside the church, away from the church folk. 
when you're on your job, when you're driving down the road, when you're walking through Walmart, when you're off by yourself. Who you are is who you are when you're on your phone, when you're watching television, when you're listening to the radio. Who you are is not who you are right here. It's easy to be all right right here, but it really, who you are is who you are out there. And the devil knows who you are. So does God. So if you want what the Lord has to give, you're going to have to be who you are out there. Who you look like when you're in here. And be truthful. Because the thief knows. And so does the shepherd. Would you stand this morning? Heavenly Father, today we thank you, Lord, and we love you. And dear God, I know today, Father, that you've got so much for us. God, it just is sticking in my mind. I can't get past it. Because I realize, Father, that I myself probably have shut off that fountain of blessing more than I can even comprehend. Lord, I've let the thief too many times take hold. I'm so glad that you're willing to fight for me. I'm glad to know this morning, church of God, that Jesus, you're the good shepherd. Thank you for the empowering dwelling of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Fighting for me. Sometimes having to fight with me. Oh, precious God, this morning speak to our hearts and let our hearts speak truth back to you. We ask you, Father, these things today in the precious name of Christ Jesus, Lord and Savior. And amen. Amen. Would you come this morning?